When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. in the Gary Kelly's podcast wherever you are in the world we're recording straight after the full-time whistle at Old Trafford so forgive us if we're not sounding as enthusiastic as we normally do we'll keep it short and sweet well as sweet as possible this week uh, looking back on the game we'll dissect what went wrong positives if there were some we'll have a look at some reactions from fans on social media we'll take a look at the updated Leeds news in 40 seconds and we'll wrap up with another edition of the Guess Who game on today's panel, we've got Lucy, Matt B, and Matt M. Dare I ask, how are you doing, guys? Um, trying to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that reaction says it all. <laughs> we'll get stuck in. So, obviously, a 6 2 loss away at Old Trafford before we go into Christmas. Not the result that we were hoping for, not the result that many believed we could achieve, um, potentially the result that a lot of non Leeds fans expected. What's your general take on the performance and the result? Yeah, I just feel very deflated. I've been on a high all week since we beat Newcastle on Wednesday evening and especially going into work where um, I'm surrounded by Chef United and Chef Wednesday fans. Too many mistakes, I think. I don't know, It's I'm still trying to like process it, especially with the first two goals that just happened in such like quick succession. It was, I was just like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, just too many mistakes, sloppy play. Um, I want to try and put a bit of a positive spin on it with the mean Christmas and all, but um, we scored from a corner. Uh, Captain Coop's got his um, first Premier League goal. Unfortunately, he did have to go off in the second half. Um, and I think Stuart Dallas's goal was probably the best of the uh, of the game. But um, yeah, like I said, very deflated. Um, not what I wanted before Christmas. I think it was more the manner in which we conceded, say the first three or four goals, wasn't it? Really, that sort of Especially the first two, just in what was it, three three minutes? I think that we were two 0 down, and it just completely takes the takes the wind out of your sail. No matter, um, and we all knew that we'd end up coming back and having a go at them, but it was just the way that we sort of um, never got going and never gave ourselves a chance really. And we, just the fact that we conceded in such sloppy sloppy ways, and then obviously the fourth was from a set piece. It was like we just it doesn't feel like we're learning anything really from some of the um, more recent games um, against like the likes of Newcastle and stuff. It's just, and like you say, it's just like Lucy says, it's just deflating really, especially when you know it's um, just against that lot, isn't it? You just, 
you just wish that we'd have put up, we did put up a fight, but you just wish we'd have made a bit more of a close close game of it in in the scoreline really. But yeah, you can't really gloss over, over what happened really. I think I think when you're talking about being a close game, I think if you look at the match facts at the end of the game or the match stats, sorry, you you you, you if you didn't look at the scoreline, you'd think that was potentially a Leeds win. Absolutely crazy, but I think as when I was watching it, it felt I kind of always kind of be in line with a boxing match. You know that first round getting caught on the temple and you you stunned, and that's what them two goals did to us. And I felt we just never recovered from from there since. But yeah, it was it wasn't easy, was it? Let's be honest. To watch it was uh, a, a tough one, um, and it, like you guys have said, it's it just really really disappointing. But it's you know you look at the game on Wednesday and it's such a contrast you know we were outstanding on Wednesday and as soon as that full time whistle went after that five two win against Newcastle all the build up was about Manchester United we've purely focused on that and in a way do you really think that pressure's potentially got on some of the players like they were talking before the game that Calvin's gone in and reminded the players of the importance of this game Calvin got hooked at half time no sign of injury. Looked like he appeared as well, 55 minutes for it into the game. He comes strolling in, you know, looks a bit peed off. Maybe the occasion got to him. But then also, in a way, you've got to kind of praise the opposition. I know it's really hard for us to do. It's even hard for me to say that. But they did a job on us. They soaked up the pressure, took the ball off us, um, or picked up any loose balls, and it is on the counter. And we just shit ourselves. We absolutely shit ourselves. And they benefited from it, absolutely. And it was just kind of re- repetitive after a while. You knew every time we were breaking, that gung-ho attack, and United were just pouncing on us every time. And, yeah, it could have been a lot more. And it probably should have been a lot more at times. Yeah, so as you touched on, we were obviously 2-0 down inside three minutes. Um, Scott McTominay is the first player to score a double as quickly as that in Premier League history, which is not the kind of record we want in matches um, that we're in. Was it a case of not settling quick enough? Would we Did we underestimate how they were going to play? Because obviously the setup looked like they were um, set for the counter. So we kind of knew what to expect from them. Or was it just straight up bad defending? Well, it's a bit cliche, isn't it? But it's probably a bit of rabbit in headlights sort of thing. I know Matt touched on it, how everyone was, like Philip saying, that is reminding the group how big of a game it is. And um, as much as it is... It is a big game. The mentality that they probably need to have is that it is just sort of another game for them. But um, but I think the the manner in which the goals came so quick, I just don't know in the, like the first three minutes, I just don't know if you can actually put a finger on of it being an actual, um, whether obviously Oli got his tactics right or Bielsa got them wrong. I think if they just came that quick, that it, it's, I think it's just sort of individual mistakes that basically cost us um, within like a, less than like 200 seconds into a game, and it's ultimately set, you just you just can't recover from it really. Because as soon as that they sniffed blood, didn't they, and just kept on coming for us. And to be fair to them, I think they did manage as well. But like Matt also touched on <laughs> on another day, if we'd have taken our chances, you just never know. But I think it's just one of one of those games where nothing just seemed to uh, go right at the crucial crucial stages really. One, one thing we need to look at is just dust ourselves off, move on, forget about it. Could have been worse. It wasn't. Uh, you look at Southampton last season. They lost 9-0. Was it 9-0 to Leicester? It was, wasn't it? They lost 9-0 to Leicester. 
Look at them this season. They're flying high. Palace lost 7-0 at the weekend to Liverpool. You know, they'll dust themselves off. They'll go again. Liverpool lost 7-1 to Aston Villa this season. Look at that now. So, yeah, these, these results are going to happen. And, and we've, we've said it on this pod. We're due a spanking. We've been due a spanking all season. It's a shame it's against them. You know, but <laughs> it's going to happen to us at some point. And in a way, we've been doing it for a long time. And maybe this one will hurt more than more than any other and, and, and hopefully we can we can go into to Burnley now on the twenty seventh and, and, and focus on on Burnley and, and the likes of West Brom because Manchester United are our fight. We know that. It's a sentimental thing we've had all this week building up to it. You know, we've been publishing articles with our writers. Everyone's been getting excited. Everyone waking up this morning is like the biggest game we've had in the league so in sixteen years. We've waited ten years for this. You know, we all got giddy. We all genuinely thought we could get a result here today. But that's gone now. We've been beaten and we will, we'll get the odd result against one of the top six. We will. But we want to be looking down at the likes of Burnley and Sheffield United and West Broms and your Fulhams, you know, the Newcastles. They're our level. We're back in this league for the first time in 16 years. We're not Champions League qualification. We're not Europa League. We're not challenging for the Premier League. We're challenging to survive. That's what we're aiming for. Dust themselves off, forget about it. And when they come back to Ellen Road, put a tackle in and just remind them that this is Leeds United and we want to fight because we didn't show any of it today. I think Matt's providing the balanced aspect on the conversation today. <laughs> um, I can get me in that changing room, I've been told. <laughs> and... Yeah, all those lot are just fucking fuming, aren't we? Yeah. I am trying my best to be composed. On a positive, despite the scoreline, we did have plenty of chances of our own. Um, a couple for Bamford in the first half, a worldie of a save from De Gea to keep Rafinha out in the second, a really clear opportunity for Harrison towards the end of the game. We do play this high-risk football and that's obviously not going to change. So we need to be making sure that we take those chances to make that worthwhile, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Like the last few games that we've played, we've had plenty of chances to get the ball in the back of the net. It's... It's it's really tough one to talk about. I think, um, like the commentator said on Sky, the scoreline definitely didn't react. Uh, didn't re- sorry uh, reflect the scoreline. Our mistakes would the cause their goals. Um, but yeah, we we do play this high risk football, but it's an, it's so entertaining to watch. Like you watched the Man U Man City derby last last week. It was bloody boring, but. Um, Everyone just loves loves to watch our games because we do play. It, it's going to come back and bite us, and it has done today. But it's just it's so much more entertaining to watch. I think we said it before, Lucy, as well. That I think the likes of Manchester United and City. I remember Sterling after the game saying it were refreshing to play Leeds. Um, I think a couple of other players have said it post match as well. And I think Manchester United are another example of it. It's a good test to go up against a team like Leeds and. In a way, it's a compliment. But then when you get kind of found out the way we have today, it, it kind of makes them look good when, when we all know Manchester United are fragile. And like you said, that Manchester derby, we're crying out for a chance last week. You know, we've had 43 attempts on goal from both teams today with 24 corners. It's absolutely madness. Yeah, I think for the neutral, obviously, it's it's a delight to watch us play football. Of those 43 shots today, only 17 of them were on target. And, and I think that's the issue. You know, they could have gone on and probably had another three or four. But likewise, nobody would have probably batted an eyelid if the game had ended 5-5. Five, five. 
I think you're right in the point that it's different because it's against them. You know, if we'd been turned over 6-2 by City or Liverpool, then, you know, the reaction probably wouldn't have been as strong as it has been this evening. Um, but, yeah, I think there is an element of just taking it in our stride, learn from what, what's gone on today and hopefully improve against those teams that we are going to be directly in competition with towards the end of the season. Um, just moving on, so we did concede those six goals, but I think Melier is probably one of the few players who can hold his head high this evening. If not for him, it could potentially have been double figures. However, some of the comments on social media tonight suggest that Kiko should be getting a run out. Please tell me I'm not the only one that thinks that's ridiculous. Got two words for that one. <laughs> that's outrageous. <laughs> what's, he really, what's he really meant to do do tonight? I mean, he's, Melier stopped it from being about probably 15-2 <laughs> towards the end. They were just peckering him, weren't they? The bad thing is, this isn't just from one person either. I've seen quite a lot of, of comments. Um, you know, like you say, there's, there's not too much he could have done for a lot of those goals. And he is still learning, but Christ, I definitely have him in goal over Kiko. Oh, definitely. Like, I watched Kiko in a couple of the under-23 games that he's been playing. He's been, he's just been shocking. Like, no, I don't understand them comments. Just, yeah, you, he's so, such a young goalkeeper. He's, he's learning the same as everyone else. I just, oh, I don't. Whoever's saying them, oh, them comments, <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy brigade are definitely out on social media tonight. Um, we chatted about this last week, and we kind of agreed that a left back is probably where the focus should be in the January transfer window. Are we feeling the same about that? I think Alioski had a difficult game today you know it would have been difficult whoever was in that position but I think he was out of position quite a lot um is is that left back still the priority do you think uh yep and you know at one the second half I think I don't think we had a natural central midfielder on the pitch did we at any point so is that an area we need to, <laughs> we need to strengthen I think we do actually don't we yeah I'd say so I think um well I think Judd I don't. I think it's pretty obvious, but I think as a defence as a whole, we um, we need some form of uh, investment somewhere. As we know, we've got Cock and Urente coming back, but rega- regardless of whether they are fit, we still seem to be playing some form of makeshift um, back back four, back five, whichever you want to class it as. Um, uh, we just we just never seem to have some. The players set in the right positions, and as as good as Dallas and Alioski has be, have been, it's just that it's not their natural positions really. And you just think that I know we've had to have a few shakeabouts, but you just think that surely a club in the Premier League would have um, suitable options really. Um, but to be fair to them, the, like I say, Dallas has been brilliant this year as a whole. Um, but I think sort of Alioski's. Um, had had a couple of good games uh, earlier on in his stint, but then he's just sort of faded faded away um, in the last couple of games. I think, and it's just sort of um, start, I think it's just starting to tell that he's playing sort of out of position. I'd say Dallas has probably been one of our best players, player of the year for us so far this season. You know, if you look at his his performances each game, and obviously starting the season at left back, he's been right back, central midfield today, and against Newcastle. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. He really has. But you're right. I think we do need we do need to look at that left back issue. But again, like we said, central midfield is 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 vitally important. And 
I don't know about you guys, but when Bamford went down the penalty area, I was worried because, you know, Roberts were there warming up on the sideline. Is he your answer? He's not. We talked about it last week. I think that's an area we need to strengthen as well. Well, we've got some comments from um, fans on social media that I'll just chat you through. Um, there's some pretty strong points in here. So James Hughes says mistakes at the top level cost you. We made too many onto the next. It's pointless crying about it. Uh, Andy says we never recovered from the start. Another counter-attacking, oh, another counter-attacking setup. I think that probably must say that we couldn't deal with. Another lesson handed out to us, but ultimately not what this season is about. Landog says my thoughts are that the back four is not good enough and the midfield is too weak. Decision making in the final third isn't good enough either, and we need a new captain on the pitch to lead the team. And Dan says Ailing isn't cut out for centre back. Losing Coops is huge. Harrison needs a couple of weeks out for Perveda. Rodrigo needs to go as our number nine. Rafinha was our best player. Something needs to change before Tottenham because the pace and son, the pace, sorry, of Son and Mora and the height of Kane, we will get torn apart. Do you guys agree with those comments? There's a fairly strong opinion in there about the captaincy. I think Dan just really wants to rip the football club apart, does he? <laughs> Bloody hell, lad. Calm down. There's one issue to raise, but literally you went through 1-11 to 11 there. I think he's just taken, yeah, he's, he's taken the whole team apart, hasn't he, like he's you say? He's gone for it, hasn't he? Yeah. No mention <laughs> of Pablo, though. That normally is one, isn't it? Or Kiko. No, there's no mention of Kiko from Dan. No, no, he missed that one out. Thought he'd want Kiko to come in. What do you reckon to Landog's comment on needing a new captain on the pitch to lead the team? Obviously, we're going to get that with Cooper out, but um, in terms of long term. Coops. Mm. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? it? There's a lot of talk of Cooper out of his level, Premier League. Personally, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I think I don't think he'll be a, a five-year Premier League player. I don't think he will be. But I think it's difficult for him as well because we haven't had a settled bat far. That's what you need, really, don't you? You need to organise your defence and you're going to get that um, kind of clicking between each other. And I think, you know, as we started with, with Robin Cork, he's had uh, Lorente, he's had Ailing in there as well. And now, obviously, he's picked an injury up against against Manchester United today. So that back four is so unsettled. Um, in terms of captaincy, obviously, Luke Ailing can step in as a captain and we've also got Phillips as well for that role. Um, so they're more than capable to do that. But it depends. I don't know if you guys have heard anything. Obviously, we've gone live straight after the game in terms of Cooper. What is it just a, a slight knock or is it something potentially serious? It's only time will tell with that one. Yeah, I did see that um, Bielsa had said they didn't know the extent of, of Coop's injury just yet, um, but did say that um, Lorente would be back in training next week. So whether he will be available for that Burnley game, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's a tough one with um, with Coops. I, I do like him as obviously a, as a captain, and I think he has played really well the past few games. I think today he did he did play well despite obviously letting in the amount of goals that we did. But um, yeah, it did it did show quite a bit of promise until he went off. Um, but yeah, like Matt said, you've got um, Alien. I, I I do like it um, when well obviously I don't like it when Coops is out injured. But when Aileen does come in and, and is that captain role, he does open his gob and bloody shouts at them players and gets them going. Um, so, yeah, them, them, him and um, Calvin are more than capable of, of stepping in in that role. I think it's been quite hard for Cooper, really. When, um, when you actually look at his Leeds career as a whole, he's gone through some 
absolute shit, really, hadn't he? Because he came in when Chilino came. Um, was he? Uh, he's probably gone through God knows how many managers. He's been in the team, out the team, um, probably around the time when uh, Monk came in. And then since then, he's probably had about going into double figures in how many different combinations he's had uh, playing left back and by his side he's just never really had a um, never really had a settle as Matt said he's never really had a chance to settle on a, an actual back four even this season he's had four or five partnerships um, to either his left or right it's just not been it's, it, it can't be ideal for, for someone when they're constantly having to change who they're playing alongside and, uh, and you see from you see, when like last season, when when we got the unit set and he had got someone alongside him like Ben White, it, it, it was it was good. And it, you, yeah, some you just got to have a little bit of sympathy for him. I think sometimes when he's having to constantly change who he's playing playing next to, it definitely doesn't help. I don't think. Well, I think with any team, you need, you always. I've said it before, but you need a settled back four. We're shipping in so many goals, and I don't think we've touched upon it yet, but. Set pieces again today. Oh, dear me. Yeah, as soon as the ball went out for a corner, you just know, don't you? Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, my head drops. I know it's coming. If my head's dropping, your head's dropping. Tommy Dark Road's head's dropping. What are players' heads doing? You know, they know it's, it's it's a mentality thing as well. In a way, I feel like we need to get that bloody priest to come in. Actually, you know, I've got that time to bless Ellen Road. And then when we get <laughs> a corner, just get him just to, to stand. Bless the corner, boss. Yeah, goal. You know, like um, Newcastle when uh, Harrison scored that worldie or that um, I'm saying steward in quotations stood in cock on he and he celebrated with his arms up in air. Maybe we need the Father Ted or whatever we call just to kind of stand behind goals, just to make sure and bless us that we don't concede. <laughs> Twitter during the break, why don't you head over to the Terrace and check out their Leeds United range for all your retro, classic and modern day gear. I'll tell you what, Dick, I've got to say, I love a good brew in my Tony Ebow mug, bought on the terracestore.com. So where do we go from this then? We've got Burnley next and then West Brom. Both are surely going to be licking their lips at taking on our defence, especially at set pieces. Big Sam's going to have a field day, isn't he, when we've got West Brom and Burnley. <laughs> they're, both, they're both strong at set pieces, aren't they? It's... Um, They'll be standing on Meslier's toes. So it's worrying as well. And Obviously, we'll get Father, Father Amish or whatever he's called to come to them games because we need him. We've got Spurs in between as well, I think, haven't we? I think we've got um, Burnley. And then is it is it Spurs? Or I can't remember which one. Yeah. We've got Spurs. Burnley, Burnley, West Brom, Spurs and then Crawley in FA Cup. Well, effectively, Spurs are like now under Mourinho. They're like Burnley on steroids, aren't they? Yeah, with a world-class striker and a, a um, real good low knee. <laughs> as much as we are, we have got a top six team in and amongst those, as we like to quote, winnable games. Um, we're effectively playing like three teams who do like to score from uh, set pieces or have a bit of muscle power about them and a bit bit of pace out wide, obviously. So, yeah, I think it, it, as much as they are, like, like we've... Um, like we say, these are the games you've got to target to to win. I think, um, as we all know, it's they're, they're the ones we always seem to struggle against, and you just you just know we're going to be in for a right in for a right game on um, 
when we played when we played Burnley, it's just you just basically try and just kick it out for a throw instead of a corner. That's just what we've got to aim for, really. Yeah, I think you look at the Burnley and the West Brom game, and you think, God, we could do with a whole six points from them games. But like like we've learned so far, no game is an easy game in the Premier League, um, and we just we don't know. I just really hope that the game today is just not knocked any confidence, especially after um, us beating Newcastle during midweek um, when we played so well. All the players look so happy. Everyone's happy. And I just hope it's it's not going to put a downer on them. And I hope Coops' injury is not as not as bad as, as bad as it is. But yeah, we've got to look at them games and hope that we can take away as, as many points as possible before then obviously going up against Spurs in the new year. I think when you look at Burnley and West Brom, on paper, you see six points there. Like, realistically, what would you take out of them two games? You'd you'd want four at the minimum, surely. But we just know that <laughs> it's almost like it's like today. Um, we, as much as we've got battered today, you, you probably thought we had more of a chance of winning than we did on like Wednesday night against Newcastle, just because of the manner that we all we always seem to mess up against these teams who like to stay compact and just break uh, break on the counter-attack. Yeah, I think I'd be looking at at least four points from those two. But I think this result today as well, we have to hope that it doesn't have an impact on the mentality of the players because like we saw against Newcastle, that positivity from such an impressive win really did hype up the kind of expectation and the hope from today, not just for the fans, but I would imagine for the players as well. So although today was somewhat of a free hit, you know, you want to make sure that that, loss doesn't result in them having their heads down for the next couple of games which are the ones we will be looking back at at the end of the season to see where the points went um so they're really really crucial games but if we play like we can if we execute it like we can then there's no reason we don't take at least four points from those we've obviously got Bielsa coming up against two of the most experienced English managers I'm sure the media are going to have a field day over the next couple of weeks um, we're obviously not expecting Bielsa to make any tactical changes, but how do you think they're going to approach the game against us? Oh, I think we, we we spoke about it. I think, you know, obviously set pieces are going to be the main aim for, for Dyche and Allardyce against Leeds. We talked about it earlier, about standing on Meslier's toes on, on set pieces. The, the Both games do worry me because obviously we went into West Ham believing we'd get a result out of that, and they did us. did us on two set pieces. So it is the blueprint. It's something we definitely need to work on. It's just so frustrating. And um, hopefully we can get a result because obviously we'll know more tomorrow about the extent of the injuries. We're going to have such a patched up team going into the into the game. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I felt early on in the second half, we just looked off the pace. We looked exhausted, didn't we? Did you not notice? And I think, yeah, it's a, it's a case of coming up against the likes of Dyche and Allardyce at the wrong time in the season, if you ask me. But it is Christmas. Other clubs are in similar positions. There's no excuses. I don't know why I'm making any. We go again and and, and hopefully we get a result like we did against Villa because that took us all by surprise and we were absolutely amazing that night. So we, we live in hope. Well, speaking of Click and, and Phillips, to be fair as well, they were both taken off at half-time today. They're both on yellow cards. So I think... You know, you would imagine that Bielsa's probably seen it from a perspective of it wasn't quite working anyway. That game was probably gone. We don't want to risk those two getting another yellow and then having a suspension for the upcoming games. But I think there is a consensus with fans that Click in particular has been a little bit off the pace for the last few games, not just today. So they both really need a solid performance in the next couple of games, don't they? Because 
when they work, it, it has such a huge impact on the rest of the team. Yeah, I was just about to say to um, when, when Matt said that, there were, there, no one seemed to realise, not even, it took Sky Sports about half an hour to um, do some research that they were both on four yellow cards, despite despite everyone on Twitter already knowing that. But um, I think Bielsa probably, as much as he'll believe that we might have been able to get back into the game in some shape or form, he'll, he'll have accepted that that game by half-time was out of our out of our grasp and the best option was to um one get those two out of the um out of the firing line because they weren't having the best of games and and obviously to get, give them some rest really because as we say we, we all know how that click clicks instrumental to this team and he, he, he practically plays every every minute of every week bar by the odd by the odd game but obviously we can't be affording to miss to miss any more of Phillips, especially after he's already had um, what is it, six to eight weeks out in a bit of a crucial stage in between about end of end of September, wanted to um, to probably uh, end of October. So I just think um, it'd probably be also trying to manage manage the squad up just a little bit. Yeah, I agree with. Sorry, I'm just gonna say I really agree with you. Actually, Matt, I, I never really considered that at the time. I didn't think that. I genuinely thought he hauled them off for poor performance, and he just wasn't happy with. With how they were performed in the first half, but when you look at the substitutions, you've got Stoic and Shackleton came on in their place, and at the time I, I didn't look at it and think, well, that's that's uh, substitutions that had been put in place to win a game or to change the outcome of a game because between both players, you're looking at what three Premier League appearances between them, is it what half a dozen or a dozen first team starts for the club in general? They're not game changers, are you? you kind of look at your Roberts and your Pervaders as that kind of game-changing subs. So you might be right. It could be a case of him protecting and protecting both players and, and just thinking, well, I'm not going to get a result here. Let's just try and protect what we've got or at least yeah. win, win the second half like a classic Neil Warnock phrase that, wasn't it? Let's try and win the second half, lads. Got the win downhill. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think um, I think it could probably work from both sides as well. Um, strikes. Um Sort of barely played, hasn't he? Since he had that run at the start of the um, start of the season, and Shackleton's just sort of come back into the frame. So, in from that sort of point of view as well, he's probably giving them a few. I know it's not the perfect game to bring him in, but it's it's giving them a little bit of experience against a good team, and just sort of getting some uh, getting some minutes in the legs as well, because obviously he'll want to try and keep um, keep fitness levels at a, at a premium and stuff. So, yeah, I think it, it was probably a bit of squad management as a as a whole picture, really, and just to make sure that Strike and um, Shackleton don't lose a bit of rustiness as well, because, it, as we know, it's it's quite easy for these players to um, to probably lo- lose lose that sharpness if they're sort of in and out of the team or not playing. Are you disappointed you didn't chuck a grenade in there then, Vic? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I think that's maybe why I'm a little bit more wound up about it. It just seemed that, yeah, fair enough. I think, like you said, that kind of punch to the temple, those two early goals, did take us by surprise and and knocked us back a little bit. But it just felt like there wasn't the impetus I would expect. You know, there wasn't not that I want red cards, but there wasn't that kind of tackle. There wasn't the physical nature of the game that you would expect from it. And I think, you know, obviously Phillips has done his best to kind of tell the players why this was so important but I don't even think he brought his A game today so 
you know, whether it was those two early goals, whether it was just a general bit of rabbits in the headlights, lots of pressure. I don't know what it was, but I think the the impetus and the kind of firepower from the team, I don't think we saw that today, which for me was a big factor in why it ended how it did. But I'm sure I'll get slated for that on social media. To be fair, I do think um, it must it must be a strange feeling, especially at the minute. I know we keep sort of backing up this tree about fans not being being in, in grounds, but it must be hard when, and as much as they know mentally that it's a big game um, to everyone, but it must be hard when you, you sort of step out onto a pitch knowing you're playing in this big game and then you sort of look around and you're like, well, no one's here sort of thing. I know it's not sort of the excuse, but I know it must be hard for them just to sort of um, sort of get themselves going really at the, at the minute and especially when stuff like conceding set-piece goals I think it's been three or four games now hasn't it that we've conceded one in a row might be more but I think just like little things like that I know it does the pressure's on when the crowd's in but also when the crowd isn't you just sort of I bet they sort of feel a bit alone really when they're out there and they probably just sort of need that little little boost don't they it, it almost feels like from maybe a crowd just giving them a bit of it's giving them a bit of motivation. I think as a football club, we are kind of renowned for it, aren't we? We thrive off it. We are that. We are that club that have got an amazing fan base, and you know, bottom of league one minus fifteen. We're taking seven thousand to an away ground, or we're filling out Tranmere's ground for that first game of minus fifteen. And I think, you know, a, a game like today, you would have your seven, eight thousand Leeds fans up in there making ten times amount of noise as the Manchester United fans. But I think a couple of the pundits, I think Martin Tyler's mentioned it a few times, I think it was the West Ham game about, you know, 35,000 Leeds fans at Ellen Road, you'd probably have a different result because it's that 12th man. And a club like Leeds, like, I agree, a club like Leeds, it's hindering them. Whereas your Arsenal's and your Manchester United's and your Cities, you know, there's no difference for them, is there? The, the tourist fans, that's what they are now. Where clubs like Leeds and and, and Sheffield United in in, a, in in some aspects as well, you know they they rely on their fans. We rely on our fans, and yeah, I think it is it is playing a part in it. And I think hopefully in the return fixture, Ellen Road, we've got our fans there because I tell you what, we'll be we'll be wanting revenge, and and hopefully we get it, and and we'll be be able to listen back on this episode and think how f- impressed did we sound. So we've got Leeds in 40 seconds next, which where we have to put our best newsreader voices on. You guys sound so up for that. Yay! <laughs> Come on. So it's that time of the show again. Leeds news in 40 seconds. So here we go. Leeds United put in a memorable performance against Newcastle, winning 5-2 thanks to goals from Patrick Bamford, Rodrigo, Stuart Dallas, Alioski and a cracker from Jack Harrison. In that game, we saw the return of Almagro, Pablo Hernandez, who went on to create two assists in less than five minutes. Registration is now open to apply to be the Leeds United representative in the E Premier League. Leeds United ended the week with a 6-2 loss against bitter rivals Manchester United, with a goal from Dan James rubbing salt in the wounds. We're not signing him in January after that celebration as well. Ooh, <laughs> we did it. And that was amazing. Right, on to guess who. (laughs) 
Right, let's add a little bit of fun and positivity in amongst all the negativity with a little game of Guess Who. I'm going to give you up to three clues about a player that has some connection to Leeds United and you just have to buzz in when you think you know which player I'm talking about. So Matt M, this is going to be your buzzer. <laughs> Matt B, this is you. Super, super, Leo, super. <laughs> <laughs> And Lucy, as ever, this is yours. Uh, it's brilliant. Applauds the crowdies. Oh. <laughs> so clue number one. This player was born on September 16, 1993. Clue number two, he made 130 appearances for Leeds United, scoring nine goals. I've made it tricky this week. Maybe clue three will give it away. He is currently at Norwich, joining them in July 2019 for a fee of £750,000. It's Matt M. Who do you think it is? Samuel Byron. It is! Well done. That's a good the past two weeks it's been super easy and the guys have got it on like the first clue, so I've made it pretty tricky this week. But well done, you got there after three clues. So if you managed to face listening to us despite knowing how negative it was going to be this week, then well done to you and thank you very much. We'll be back before the new year with a recap on the season so far and a look ahead to 2021. So have a great Christmas and we'll speak to you soon. Podcast Network.